Hello, my friends, and welcome back. This is the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast, and I'm your host, Grace Lannon. I'm a psychic medium and energy healer, and today we have on an amazing guest. We have on one of my best friends, Ash Hay. They are an artist here in Sonoma County, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with y'all. I love the guest episodes. It's been a minute since we've done a guest episode, and I love to, one, it's a great excuse to have a fun conversation with someone and to get to know people even more and to share people's magic, people's stories, people's voices. So enjoy this conversation with Ash today. I'm very excited. So we're going to get into a variety of topics today. We're going to be talking about God, religion, cults, magic, family, all sorts of stuff. So it's going to be a great episode. Enjoy and please continue the conversation if anything comes up within you while listening to this you have feelings arise you have thoughts arise memories arise um please reach out to me i love to keep um the conversation going but also be there to support you guys sometimes we bring up emotional shit in this podcast so if you're listening and things come up like i'm here to support you that's part of my work um and also just feedback like if I told a weird story and something similar happened to you like tell me I want to know um and of course please continue sending me your questions if you listened to last week's episode you might have seen I did a YouTube Q&A ask me anything spirituality edition (laughs) Um, And that was my first ever YouTube Q&A. I'm going to be like going hard on YouTube um, this year. And I'm very excited about that. Just to, you know, branch out, share more, teach more. Um, But I also did upload that recording onto the podcast feed. So you might have listened or go back and listen to that episode. Um, And I answered a few questions that people sent in throughout the last, I don't know, six months eight months I do have a handful of questions that we didn't get to that we will get to the end of February and that you can email me or you can comment your question on Instagram on this podcast's post the post about this podcast or you can comment on the YouTube channel or even Spotify there's a way to comment so I'm going to give you guys a couple of quick updates and then we'll get into our main conversation with Ash today. Before we get started, here's kind of what's going on. I have a couple of classes coming up in February. I've mentioned these before, but I just want to give you guys the lowdown again and let you know everything is available to sign up and I hope to see you in some of the classes. So we have... A Reiki 1 class coming up super soon. It's going to be starting next week on February 12th. And this is a Reiki 1 certification and training course. So this course allows you to become attuned to Reiki, become a Reiki practitioner. If you want to know more about what that entails, you can listen to the Reiki series that I just posted, episode 1, like... We talk more about what is included in the Reiki 
training. So what is Reiki energy healing? Uh, We'll give you a little bit more info. But of course, you can reach out if you have questions. But that class is a six-hour class, and it's broken up into three consecutive Saturdays. So it's going to be February 12th, 18th, and 26th from 1 to 3 p.m. PST, and that's over Zoom. So you can sign up for that directly on my website. And for this class, um, as well as the next class that I described, the Medium Circle, there are payment plans available if you are interested in a payment plan, reach out. Um, I just have to set it up a little bit different than the normal enrollment. So it's super easy and accessible if you want a payment plan. So Reiki One certification class, that's what's coming up. Then we have the Cosmic Mediumship Practice Circle. This is a six-week circle where we meet live over Zoom and we do different exercises to develop your mediumship and practice connecting with spirit guides, angels, and different um, cosmic energies, as well as developing our mediumship through uh, different modalities and exercises. So I'm very excited about this. Um, This was formerly known as mediumship magic, if you have signed up in the past. So this class, again, is six weeks, and this is from February 23rd to March 30th. So we meet every week for six weeks on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. PST. You can sign up on my website, and again, there's a payment plan available for this class as well. So just email me, and I'll give get you set up. This class is a participatory class, so you're going to be practicing and learning and talking and sharing and connecting. Celestial Journey Meditation class, and that is live over Zoom as well. And that class is on Saturday, February 12th at 5 p.m. And in that class, we go into a journey meditation into the cosmos and uh, this is all about like connecting with uh, past and parallel lives in other places celestial places we go on a journey into your subconscious mind into your memories and reconnect with like yeah different aspects and higher versions of yourself higher or lower depends on what where we're going but different versions and aspects of yourself. And that is, again, it's two hours and it's live on Zoom from 5 to 7 p.m. on Saturday, February 12th. And you can sign up if you go to, I'll put all the links in the show notes for all of these, but if you go to my meetup group, which is called Cosmic Seekers, you can sign up on there. I have a group energy healing. This is going to be Wednesday, February 10th. So this is next week. And this is a free event. We meet on Zoom from 5.30 to 7. It's an hour and a half. And we do Reiki and we do different energy healing techniques. So this is like kind of like a meditative class. You just close your eyes and relax and receive. This is kind of what I would do in a one-on-one sessions. Again, this is a free event, so please sign up. Another thing I wanted to mention too is I never really talk about this or promote this, but I'm going to start promoting it more, is that I do have meditations on my website for sale on my website shop, and I just up updated that recently um, and added another one of them because I've been listening to this meditation I created. It's a sound healing meditation 
called a soul, soul star activation soul star activation this is part of this meditation i recorded as part of my spirit school class so if you've attended spirit school you have this meditation um or you should and i've been listening to it lately in the last like two weeks at night and it's been like extremely powerful for me um I've been seeing a lot of shifts like in my energy field, but also like my body. I feel way more grounded and I've been receiving a lot more visual um, like psychic information in my meditations. And I just um, uploaded it to my website last night because it wasn't on there. And I was like, oh, this one's been really great for me. So I just put it up there if anyone wants to try it and check it out. But I I realize I don't ever really talk about them. But I do have a bunch of like super powerful healing meditations on my website. This isn't something you do once. This is something you can do like every single night um, or every few days. Like, And they're really powerful. They're really deep. Usually I knock the fuck out when I listen to them. Um, some of them are just sound healing. And then some of them are guided meditation practices. I'm going to be uploading a bunch more that I have recorded on there. Um, and if you've attended spirit school and you haven't listened to your meditations or you haven't listened to them in a while, here's your reminder. Um, they're super powerful. I, for some reason, stopped listening to my own ones for a little while. And I started listening to it again once I moved into my new house and I've seen huge shifts. There's one that's called star memory activation that I've been listening to a lot. Um, (laughs) And I'm getting activated. The memories are coming. (laughs) So my intention with that one is to like open people up to receive uh, like psychic and intuitive memories, uh, cosmic memories. So they're really powerful. Um, but I just want to remind people that they're up, they're up on the website. So if you've never been to my website, I have a shop and I have a couple of workshops in there, like recorded. I put all the recordings of my workshops. I don't put all of them because sometimes they're like private stuff comes up with the clients, but ones that are like everyone can kind of benefit from, um, I put up on there and then I have the meditations and I have some other um, available offerings on the shop page and to just tell people because I just set this up I just set up a way people can donate to the show so if you want to donate like a dollar two dollars five dollars if you're feeling real sexy um, I'm gonna have a link in the show notes and I'm gonna put that there every week if people want to donate the best way like I said to support the show is to sign up for my offerings my classes my meditations or book a reading or a healing session with me that's how you support my work anyway we're gonna have an awesome episode today so as i mentioned we have on today ash hay one of my best friends an amazing artist here in sonoma county and i highly encourage you guys to check out their work um check out their instagram i'm gonna tag that into the show notes and just scroll through see what they have see if there's anything maybe you want to buy or commission perhaps ash makes a variety of different types of work Um, when i first met them they had graduated recently from um, college and they got their they studied printmaking 
in um and fine arts which is what I studied in school I got my BFA in printmaking so that was something we off the bat had in common um and printmaking is a very like niche type of artwork um there's like inside baseball inside jokes with printmaking and so it seems like um just a small world where you can meet other people who have similar interests to you just through knowing okay they create this type of artwork so it's always exciting to me to meet other printmakers and myself um I don't make prints anymore not because I don't want to and not because I never will but I just don't have access to those facilities and for me also um once I got out of college I did do a little printmaking I did like a little residency and I was able to continue that practice but with like we mentioned in some of my previous episodes I had a lot of health stuff going on as well as mental and emotional stuff so it just didn't make sense to me to continue that practice and also with just a weakened immune system I had at the time some of those ingredients that we use were just caustic weren't something that my body was able to connect with or use um and I know personally like three or four other people who had like kidney problems liver problems um who were also who also happened to have studied printmaking so unfortunately the materials are it's just super old school lots of acids lots of chemicals which make for amazing artwork but if you don't have proper protection you can seriously hurt yourself whether that's on your skin I know people who have gotten dermatitis from mineral spirits and different oil um, solvents so this goes for oil painters as well so in printmaking um, you probably are most familiar with screen printing and that's not really what I'm talking about usually Typically, those are water-based materials and they're not as caustic. Um, But a lot of the old school stuff uses mineral spirits, solvents, acids, and and then the materials themselves being oil-based as well as different um, cadmiums and different like uh, colors can be toxic. They're so much better than like back in the day it's not like we're putting lead paint on on your skin but they still are pretty intense materials and in my background where I studied it wasn't it was available to have gloves they did have vents it wasn't like psycho like but it wasn't I think it wasn't as encouraged enough to take proper precautions with yourself and I think also being so young like I was like I started doing printmaking when I was like 16, 15. And then, of course, I was in school like 18, 20, 20, 22 type of age. So I just didn't really think about like the long term effects of like putting my hands in these caustic materials and how that could affect my internal structures as well as like mental health stuff, too. So for me, that's kind of the reason I stopped doing it. And I know Ash, um, their artwork has evolved a lot. So they are doing a lot of different other types of work and I think also the thing with printmaking is like you need a setup you need all of these things to be able to do it and that can be a little unrealistic like outside of 
a college or a school or like a facility work setting. Like if you worked at a print studio, you could have access to those materials, but those jobs are few and far between. And it's whether or not you really want to do a job like that. Like you have to be absolutely perfect, absolutely perfect. These are every single one's going to look the same. So you have to do a certain um, process to get there. So it's a difficult, competitive type of job. But then a lot of artists don't want to do that job as well. Like to be a printmaker, you're making prints of other people's stuff. You're not necessarily doing your own work unless you have your own studio space or maybe you're doing that in addition to the the commercial print jobs that you're doing. So it's not the most desirable job for a lot of people because a lot of artists want to make their own work. If people have evolved into other types of practice like painting or drawing or something more accessible. And so Ash, their work has evolved um, and they are, I would describe them as a multimedia artist. They've, ever since I've known them, they've always done a ton of different types of artwork. So I encourage you guys to check out their stuff and see, see what it makes you feel. I think what's so beautiful about Ash's work is that it, 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 it displays like real human emotions, like feelings, like deep shit, like this is what I feel, but there's a, there's a jest in it, a little bit of humor, dark humor sometimes that I think allows those messages to resonate deeper with people because they say, oh, they can see, I feel that too, but it's all good. It's kind of funny though. Like even the darkest things or the things that we think about ourselves or how we see ourselves when no one's watching, I think Ash is able to encapsulate that feeling of like tr- true true identity um, in their artwork. And I know a lot of the art they do produce is very like, it's not all like self-portrait, but I would say that kind of work of inspired by true life, inspired by their real life and their real feelings, not like a landscape painter who is painting the tree in front of them it's being able to take the feelings that they experience on a day-to-day and put it into a piece that someone can connect with so ash makes sculpture they make really cool like lumpy things i would describe them as soft sculpture i think is the official name for it um but they a while back too they were making a lot of cool banners so they made me some beautiful little pillows for my room that say grace on them i know they've made a couple of banners for people out of the soft materials and they also do painting and drawing so i encourage you guys to check it out and see what ash has to offer I am very much inspired by Ash and I'm just very grateful that they would come on the podcast and I'm also just grateful to have Ash as my friend so thank you for listening I hope you guys are going to enjoy this conversation I know I did we we talk about a bunch of different topics so enjoy and like I mentioned before if anything comes up while listening please reach out If you want to reach out to Ash directly, you can do so on Instagram. And yeah, I'm just really grateful, like I said, to have Ash as a friend. We met when I was late 20s. So I think at that point, like 
it's difficult to make friends. And I'm sure a lot of people understand like the older you get, the harder it is to make friends. And if you're outside of a community, it can be really difficult to make friends. So whether that community is school or church or temple or the people who love the same bands as you or the people who love all the same um, clothing as you, like it's hard to make friends outside of a community. So I feel really grateful to be able to make friends with Ash, but also be able to expand that friendship through time and get to know each other on different levels. And without further ado, let's get into our conversation. All right, y'all. We are here today with one of my best friends. Hello. Ash Hay, one of, at least in my mind, the most anticipated guests. Oh my God, stop So I'm very excited. We're going to have a fun conversation today gonna just start out let's have you introduce yourself to everyone on the pod well that was such a glowing intro already but um i'm ash it said literally nothing about me um i'm ash well they they heard the intro so they know who you are oh yeah oh sorry um (laughs) but (laughs) just introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about who you are um i'm ash hay i'm an artist um living out here in the country i am a mini farmer but not really but i like to pretend that i am i love sheep and i have chickens um i'm cute i'm sexy i'm hilarious (laughs) i have great fashion sense yeah check out the instagram uh, yeah for the pictures of ash so you can confirm that they are indeed cute yeah, I like to um, talk to dead people sometimes and draw pictures. I'd say that's a pretty artist who likes to draw and talk to dead people and also my friends. And you're hot. And I'm hot. <laughs> Obviously. Can't forget that. <laughs> yeah, so Ash is one of my best friends. Um, we met, I don't know how long, it's been a while now. Several, we met. Several years ago. I think it's been like five or six years now five or six years but it's been a while definitely one of those people were were just pretty much the same person yeah we like met for the first time and we're instantly best friends and i feel like it's been like 50 years tbh yeah probably past life connection for sure we love corn yep Um and by corn they definitely are referring to actual food yeah corn. corn like that you eat real like corn <laughs> seeds of corn <laughs> yeah yeah ash and i met at a moon circle event um and i don't know i i made mushy food and you liked it oh yeah you made me like a cashew and it was mushroom like a and squash vegan, well not i don't think it was vegan it was gluten-free it was dairy-free too mac I and cheese because so, there was a lot of nutritional yeast in it but i liked it <laughs> Also, I remember meeting at that moon circle and I felt a little out of place because I was like, there's no one real weirdy here. Like, ever, trust me, my lovely friends at the circle were definitely weird, but they didn't like present as kooky. <laughs> and then Grace came through the door and I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be my best friend. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much been kooking it up ever since. Kooky. Yes, it's been a good kooky couple of years. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then Ash took my spirit school um, psychic development class to 2020, baby. Mm-hmm, the first you were one. My first, uh, one of my first students. So that was a really cool experience. And we've done a lot of other, like, I guess, spiritual type of yeah. things. Yeah. Well, we've done some, like, I've definitely, like, been to your events. Got a show up for the sister, but also they're really fun and I like them. Thank you. Um, Yeah, like, I've been to some sound baths that you do. Every time you get a new, like, sound toy, I always... I need to check it out. I remember when you got the bells, the four season Oh, the Koshi chimes. Yeah. Those are so cool. Yeah, I have Koshi chimes. Mm-hmm. Those, if you don't know what they are, they're sometimes they're referred to as angel chimes. And it's like a bamboo um, outside and the inside. They're tuned to certain frequencies of like uh, the different elements. So there's an air, an earth, a fire, and a water. And they make you feel so good on the inside. Yeah, I just remember when you got them. I came over to your apartment and we literally laid on the floor. <laughs> Underneath I them. think you only had two at the time. Yeah, I bought two and then I was so obsessed with them. And then my mom got me the other two for Christmas. Mm-hmm. But when you had the two, we, nice we put our head under the stand and you just bonged them. I did that uh, the other day, actually. It's fun. Yeah. And you got me into acupressure, which has literally saved my life. Oh, yes. I have an acupressure mat that is my best friend. And I'm a freak for it. I I go hard. I, like, stand barefoot on the spikes. I can't do that, but I do it on my back. I have one, too. If you don't know what they are, it's, like, a mat that lies on the floor with, like, silicone, um, like, spiky points on them. And they basically uh, hit different, like, reflex points underneath your skin. So in turn, they can help, you know, relax your muscles, but also mm-hmm. all sorts of like internal things like your organs. It's very beneficial. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I basically live to be Grace's guinea pig and it is <laughs> it is a lovely gig. I yeah, wouldn't Ash, trade it for the world. Ash was my model. So if you, well, I think I have some on my website, um, but you were a model for me for, um, took a bunch of photos from my website. Mm-hmm. So you can check those photos out. Yeah, but we got to do all sorts of fun stuff. For if you want to see how truly hot shoot. I am, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, Ash has definitely allowed me to do lots of uh, experimentation. <laughs> yeah, and then we did the sound bath for you and Jackie, Ash's other best friend, who just moved here. Recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a really cool yard. experience. Yeah, it it really really helps to have a psychic medium sound wizard on deck to be like hey i've got a friend coming over can i um can i have your services to enlighten and entertain us and it was great it was really fun too i Mm -hmm. love i very much miss doing like in-person type of stuff so it's nice to be able to like of course hang out with my friends right be able to like share that thing in person tomorrow i'm doing an in-person reiki session oh hell yeah which i haven't done in a while it was so so great too because it was right when we moved to this house and you know we sat under the persimmon tree and did that grace played a a singing bowl on my back holy cow it's a very uh vibratory experience it was amazing um but it also like you know you helped me like communicate with the land um and that was just very affirming to get like 
I, I a message I from the trees. I wonder if I told the, that story on the podcast. I don't know if I have. Oh, yeah. If you might have heard the story already, but if you haven't, here it is. <laughs> um, but one of my mentors, this was like before Ash moved into their current place, which is like a May farm, like they said. Um, my mentor was telling me, because I had a lot of issues at, with my stomach at the time. I was like, just not interested in eating anything for like two months. I don't know why. Um, everything was like disgusting to me. Yeah. But it wasn't like I was sick or anything. It was just weird, like emotional type of thing. Um, but my mentor was like, you need to eat like more fruits. And I forget what it was a specific fruit. Now was I it like remember. stone fruit? Yeah, stone fruit. Um, stone fruit, but there was one specific one. It doesn't matter. Anyway, they I mean, I'll just list all the ones. Plums, on the- I think it was. Yeah, there's plums, or was it the walnuts? Because well, the walnuts too. Those I need to eat too, but yeah, we couldn't pick those at the time. No. So anyway, they and told I me I need to eat stone fruit that I can pick off of a tree, and then, like a week later, you moved into this place, and I came over, and I got to pick all these stone fruits off the tree, mm-hmm. and. I then told my mentor about like, oh my gosh, my friend just moved in to this place with all these trees. I can pick the fruit, like what you said came true type of thing. And um, she said to me that one of the reasons the fruit and the like off the land in your home is so like healthy for us is not even like the fruit itself. It's like the love and the joy that the trees have from like the people that lived here and put so much work into like um putting like a beautiful environment and like taking care of it and then like you and nick um ash's partner live here and they were like the trees themselves were happy to have you guys move in and like support them with that energy of love so it was very beautiful yeah i hope i'm still living up to the task it feels good here yeah i don't I don't feel like they're upset. I feel like I have higher standards for myself than the trees do. I'm like always like, are you guys okay? Like, am I doing it right? Blah, blah, blah. And, and the, what I get back is always like, you're doing a little too much, girl. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, chill out. You're not trying to ace a test. That is something that's definitely come up with living here. Is like reorienting what does success mean? Like, how do you do a successful job? Because the job with this kind of land management is like not um there's no end i'm having very strong deja vu right now interesting (laughs) but yeah so i'm trying to be like well how do i know if i'm doing a good job if i don't like have set jobs to finish i think it's like a continuous process something like that it's like there's and there's so much change within like Mm day-to-day or seasons that like you know, sir, I think it's a good reminder for you. Like certain times of the year, you need more or you rest. Know yeah. yeah. And like right now, I'm mainly growing garlic, which happens all under the ground. Like, I, I, I don't that. know shit about if it's growing or not. <laughs> I hope so. But Very excited I won't know for a while. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm growing wasabi greens, which I guess I'll just have to eat by myself because Grace told me not into wasabi. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do not like wasabi or horseradish. Yeah. It gives me like an itchy feeling. I get that. I think I'm so into it because I can't eat like hot peppers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're allergic to capsaicin. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we have very, we have different palates. 
different palettes. But other than that, we're pretty much yeah. exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited. Today we're going to be kind of like going over some aspects of Ash's life, spirituality, art, and just kind of having you share a little bit about yourself. So to start, we're going to do kind of some fun little questions and then we'll get into our main conversation. Is there anything else you want to share about yourself before we start? No. All right. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So I like to um, just ask like if there's anything because we are kind of like taught this podcast kind of about like wellness, spirituality, like if there's anything in your life that you're currently doing that you would consider like a ritual or some kind of routine where you're using something to connect to your intuition is there anything that you're like diving into right now well yes there's like i've got my tried and trues which is every day ish but not always not usually but everyday intentions to um like just pull an oracle card and i usually like draw a picture um that's what i'm really into is like I wouldn't say I journal that much, but I do pull an oracle card or a tarot card and then like make a drawing off of that, which I found that really helpful. And also recently I've been thinking like good intentions and good affirmations and stuff into my hair as I like braid it or I brush it or I do it or whatever. And yeah, and it's been really nice. Usually when I braid it is when I do it the most where I just like repeat stuff over and over into the hair would you like to share my main one because i do have crippling anxiety is just i'm safe i'm okay in this moment like nothing is wrong um i am loved my ancestors protect me i am surrounded with love and then i'll throw in a little like money loves me money comes freely to me i'm surrounded in abundance like that kind of stuff but the the main one the main thing i say to myself is like i'm safe in this moment i'm fine or in this moment there's nothing i can do oh that's creative yeah your hair's braided today did you do it today? i did it today i, I that. did it today it. i was feeling a little less you know um of general fear so it was much more positive like money stuff because <laughs> i'm also unemployed right now so i'm really just you know on unemployment and abundance from the universe that is my income yeah figuring it out well Mm -hmm. you were doing some caretaking work yeah i've basically had a caretaking position on and off since i was like 14 15 did a lot of babysitting did a lot of nannying did some hardcore nannying where you're like a serious nanny for one or two kids um yeah you were a nanny when i met you mm -hmm. and i loved nannying but I basically I had one kid that I really nannied hard and after that I was like I don't want to nanny anyone else also kids are annoying kids are annoying (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so I kind of decided I was done with kids for a while I did the bartending thing for a little bit the nightlife thing and then the pandemic happened and that was kind of squashed and I also lost my grandmother during that time lost my bubby and i had this deep experience with death and i kind of felt really connected to caretaking on the other side of the spectrum 
And then I got the opportunity to be a caretaker for a little over a year for my um, partner's grandma. And that was a really cool experience. And then her needs just got too much and she had to um, too much for us to be yeah. able to give her not too much. She's she's OK. Um, but, you know, beyond that's, your capacity, yeah. like you're not a nurse. That's so. kind of how dementia works. It really, really only goes in one direction. And we always knew that that was coming, but it was a great year and a half. I learned so many skills. I got to really think hard on like what it is about death work that calls me to it. I'm still struggling with, um, you know, this desire to be a death doula. Do I want to be a death doula? Like, am I a spiritual leader? Like, like, I don't feel comfortable with that. That's where I get start to get tripped up is like, well, you don't have to be a leader. It, it's not. I think that language is not the right language. Right. Well, then that that kind of ties into my upbringing, which was a very strict religious upbringing, and so it's hard for me. Okay, we're gonna get deep yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah. <in a> second. <laughs> I think there's a lot of connections in my brain that I don't discover until people challenge me, um, and I fucking live for that. I love to be challenged in that way because, yeah, I've got a lot of programming that I don't even know is there. Yeah, and I think, oh, I just got chills. I think, um, I mean, I talk about this all the time in the podcast, but I think it's just American people, we have some fucked up programming. Mm-hmm. And then to put religion into that, it's a mm-hmm. whole other, like, standard of, like, what is appropriate, like, what is good, what makes me a good person, like, what makes me valuable. So we'll definitely talk yeah. more about that. Yeah. Well, that's a great answer. Thank you for <laughs> Do you have a favorite... Um, like deck that you use oracle deck the road to nowhere one of also my top one of my favorites also you gave that oh, yeah, to me so it's filled with such good friendshipy juicy love I um i love the postcards from liminal space that one's really good although i've been craving color so i haven't been using that one as much and then my other favorite one well as far as oracle decks is um the fuzzy prism oracle deck which I don't know if I've ever shown you. I've used that one with you. Yeah. But I don't have that one. It's just like these pink anamorphous blobs, which um, if you go to my Instagram or you know my art, you know I'm crazy for pink squishy pink blob, face. a big old squishy <laughs> wad of gum person. Um, Is it, um, it has holographic stuff yeah, on it too, right? Yeah. And I like the box. The box is like one sleeve that comes out of another sleeve. I think the box sometimes can be a big part of it. I'm a total slut for packaging. Me too. I have one deck that is, I love it, but it's like the worst box, so I never use it. Yeah. And then recently I got a new tarot deck, which I want to show you, which is like the Lillen tarot deck. And Lillen was a Jewish immigrant art deco illustrator from like the 20s. Oh, cool. And this... A uh, spiritual creator I follow, Jew witches. She made a tarot deck using his images. Oh, that's awesome! It's really cool. Well, we'll have to look at that later when we can post a pic or something mm-hmm. on my Instagram. Um, yes, and you also have the. Are you still using the Toth? I never know how to say it. Toth or Toth deck? Not really. That was an interesting experience being. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about with that it? group? Well. I think the backstory is necessary, which is to say, I still don't really feel comfortable saying I was in a religious cult growing up, but I was in a passionate religious community. 
fundamentalistic. Yeah, it's weird. It's Judaism, so it's it has a whole different flavor, and it's not like Orthodox Judaism. I grew up in like a conservative um, Jewish youth group, and so you know, it's not like when someone thinks you're in a Jewish cult, they automatically think of like Hasidism. Which is like the payas and the tovies. Yeah, they have the, the whole strict clothing. Yeah, right? yeah. And what's interesting is like every sect of Judaism is a spectrum in and of itself. And I think that extends to everything. It's like there is like there is no one type of way any kind of person can be. Um, so, but I grew up in this very like closed off kind of community. Closed off in plain sight. I still went to public school, but I had, like, no, like, I was not connected in any way to my peers or anything. My whole life was in this youth group. And I went to sleepaway camps, and I I was just consumed in it. And, you know, something I work on a lot in therapy, shout out to my therapist, saves my life, <laughs> um, is the struggle of, like, not wanting to throw out the baby with the bathwater kind of thing, like... I experienced a lot of harm in that community on one hand and I just want to discredit the whole thing but also had the best experiences of my life like it was my childhood learned so much but I'm also critical of the experience because I'm like this was supposed to be like a religious group and I feel like everything I did was so far from spirituality like I did not have a spiritual experience aside from like being horny horny yeah, yeah. <laughs> being like unmonitored horny teens together you know yeah that was definitely spiritual <laughs> sexual awakening yeah, yeah we can talk about that too yeah um but so there was that and then you know long time down the road blah 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 ba, i get invited to be a part of a community that's doing like tarot and stuff and i was invited by a friend and i was really into it like I was really excited they were they were touting it as like um this is gonna help you like bring money into your life bring like bring for lack of a better word like witchiness into your business and and stuff like that like how to make basically being like a money witch something attainable to you you know because I am also feel so disconnected from money because I'm like scared of it so I was like, hell yeah, I'd love an opportunity to like connect my desires to which I think is definitely money. possible. It's just not the right people. Well, I think like yeah, perspective. Yeah, and I'm definitely I think I'm closer to that now than ever. Like writing little mantras for myself and like like I'm working on a vision board for the first time in my life, but I feel really I good one. about it. Um, and like yeah, being unemployed, I became unemployed really rapidly um second time during the pandemic and there was a lot of anxiety but like that kind of like tidal wave pulling you over like oh, oh, oh what's gonna happen everything's so dark the things that bring lightness into my life like magic shone really bright so i like knew in that moment of like intense darkness that i i like immediately reached for i'm gonna draw myself like an affirmation something to repeat to myself every day i made it my phone background I would say that you're employing those spirit school skills. Yeah, like, yeah, that. and that's definitely something I picked up from having you as like a teacher in my life. Is like just do what works, and you don't like 
Just shove it into your dick. Yeah, shove it in. And drawing, drawing, I think, is the gateway to a bajillion things in my life. Oh, yeah. Because I'm just, like, such a drawer. Well, that's the way you can, like, channel through, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, well, I mean, you, there's many ways you could do that. But for you specifically, I think that's a really powerful way for you to bring yeah. in creation energy which can be money sometimes exactly and so now that i'm doing that finally just doing it for myself not trying to like use someone else's system but like recognizing that just like being free with my drawing helped me so much in my art practice like when i stopped being precious about my sketchbook and started being like i'm gonna put whatever the fuck i want in here and i'm gonna use it all the time i'm just gonna run through this sketchbook not every page has to be beautiful then I really developed this really rich, juicy sketchbook process in my art making. And so I'm getting many- a marketing idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you need to start posting your sketchbook on TikTok. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Grace is my TikTok manager. <laughs> I'm definitely not a TikTok connoisseur trying to trying to we're, I'm we're, trying to get to one K so I can go live. Hell so yeah. I'm not like an expert at all, but I'm just hearing yeah. intuitive message for you. Well, I'm not gonna uh, pass that one up i'll make some one- i think it'll be easy though because yeah. it's something we're because you were, we were just talking about tiktok earlier ash is on a tiktok break yeah. because it's highly addictive so mm-hmm. it's just not good i don't find it to be helpful during periods of depression yeah it can be just a time suck and it and you know it, there's all sorts of stuff on there from like really depressing to funny like it mm-hmm. really depends on where you're are on the algorithm yeah. but um I, you were saying that to make a tiktok is a lot of work yeah so i think something like where you just like take little screenshots of and mm. then add them together it would be, it would be yeah i could totally do that put a weird song on it mm-hmm. while i live um but yeah so it helped me in my art practice drawing did when we were in plant club together grace and i were in something called plant club I which i think i i don't i might have talked about it on the podcast before in a nutshell it was just like a cohort of herbalists of all levels getting together learning about plants in a really cool amazing way that changed my life and that is a whole podcast in and of itself is that Um, maybe we can get madeline the teacher on here oh yeah i bet she would totally do that but one of the most powerful forms of plant medicine that i've ever engaged in is sitting and drawing a plant which is in essence a meditation on it because madeline also did these like on the side life drawing classes but instead of a nude human model it was a nude plant model (laughs) and so the rose and the yarrow i find found that to be it connected me like instantly helped me drop in as someone with like add and who's like so anxious and distracted easily i mean we talked about this a lot in spirit school i feel it's hard for me to like hear my intuition in the first place let alone trust it like is it my anxiety or is it my intuition i think that's a question that's gonna stick with me for my whole life yeah and i think sometimes like our intuition can show up as anxiety but if we were to trust that every single time then we'd never get anything done but then there are some times where like i just shouldn't go to this and then you find out like oh like i had a flat tire if i Mm -hmm. went i would have gone um, yeah pulled over or something, something like that something bad would have happened and yeah. you're like oh i was right mm-hmm. so it's easy to like trust yourself too much where like you're not putting yourself into 
the world at all. Yeah, it is a it's a tricky place to be, but every day I say it gets a little easier. Yeah, and until I it think doesn't. Just like <laughs> developing, like the different um, senses, psychic senses, is very helpful for that too, because you can feel it, you can know it, you can see it, mm-hmm. trust it. Like there's different ways that it can come through. So if your anxiety is like super loud, like maybe it can come through in a different way for you to see it um rather than like feel it if you're yeah. just feeling constant tr- tr- tooth grinding just paralysis of fear is that but we were talking about that because i started doing the drawing with the money thing and singing little songs and talking about money coming into my life and braiding my hair and i'm definitely not rolling in the dough i'm still broke as heck but one i am getting like more money in ways that i wasn't expecting and i'm also feeling just the abundance in my life that's outside of money yeah and, outside of and, like tangible like yeah a, like a literal money yeah just like being able to feel the security of the other things i have going on in a way that doesn't feel like i'm avoiding the truth that i like need to find some income but in a way that just feels very nourishing and reminds me that like oh i don't have nothing right now like i have all this stuff going for me and i brought it into my life this way like i'm totally gonna figure it out i mean even if i don't i've i'm diverse in my abundance that something can hold me when i need it to be held and you have a lot of skills so you don't necessarily have to use those skills to fit into a certain job like you can create these opportunities for yourself i think sometimes that can be intimidating and then we Mm -hmm. don't end up doing anything right so (laughs) called out (laughs) so but like you know obviously you can sell your artwork but like beyond that too like you have many well i've got a whole complex about that where i don't want to maybe we can therapize yeah but it's so funny one of the few tiktoks i have made was like the night i got and found out i was losing my job it's just me going like why do i have to be good at anything like i don't want to have skills i don't want to have anything marketable i just want to be alive i don't want to have a purpose i don't want anything well i think it can be so hard because of our system it's Mm -hmm. like you're not it, it sometimes it can take the joy out of the creation yeah so it's like learning how to still have that joy without like feeling like you have to compromise that to be able to sell yeah it's hard but capitalism deeply with every breath that i breathe i love money and i hate capitalism (laughs) i love things yeah (laughs) i love to buy useless things but also that like would i love to buy useless things if i didn't live in this society yeah it's like what came first the itch or the rash the Mm, rash the The capitalism is the rash (laughs) stinky rash pustules (laughs) mucilaginous membrane um another side note is that we have alter egos grace and i oh yeah would yeah. you like to introduce them <laughs> yeah yeah we haven't we haven't been them in a really long time yeah i don't know if i if i yeah if i even remember well name. grease and gunk i'm grease They're i'm now. gunk <laughs> we also well ash and um nick their partner um are big D people and mm-hmm. briefly i was 
playing with them quite often, but I'm not good at consistency sometimes. So hey, it was hard the, to show up. It's the hardest part but of D&D is getting people to, to show up. Being able to play around with the characters, I think, was really fun for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We love to be weird and play pretend. Who doesn't? Boring people. Yeah, well. <laughs> P.U. They stinky, stink. Stinky, stinky. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you. Um, I don't think we even finished the original story. Oh, from talking we, about cults. Well, we'll get into <laughs> um, like your upbringing, and we'll get into our main conversation. So this isn't like a seven-hour podcast, um, because it, it could, could be. be. <laughs> but um, what Ash did take a class that was um like centered around what hermetic magic yes that's and exactly it just what it wasn't was. like uh the i was um, community uh, was not the right type of people yeah i was already suspicious from the get-go my because my cult glasses are kind of always on because that you know what which is good yeah but like the there's a misconception that you got to be dumb to be in a cult and that's just not true it happens to anyone everyone you don't know their circumstances everyone out here is just trying to better themselves and other people prey on that. So I was like, eh, I don't know. But like, I don't have any stakes in the game. I'll just join this thing with my friend. And it was all about like the Toth tarot deck. Where there was basically like three practices that you had to do. It was like a journaling, a card pull. And you had to like pray over your food in this way. Which like, hallelujah. But I don't. I'm watching a lot of... um old drag race right now so shangela is in my head sorry about that <laughs> don't uh don't apologize we yeah. love shangela yeah <laughs> and even um, if everyone hates her but i don't anymore I no i mean so many other people fucked up in covid like that's a lot old news old news um but yeah so i was like eh, i don't know and i just eventually like stopped responding to the emails there was a kind of like horny element to the group yeah it was like kink adjacent or it was kink adjacent and i think there were people in there that were looking for a little more kink than others let your freak flag fly under the umbrella of consent clear informed yeah. consent and um i just you know i didn't really get the warning that it was going to be so horny yeah i if i'm signing up for like a class to learn about like tarot i don't expect it to be yeah like a sex magic type of thing but and even wasn't... if it was like they should i don't know it's just a little unclear guidelines yeah and then i just kind of root scoot and boogied out of there my <laughs> friend stuck around for a little longer and i kind of stopped bringing it up with her because i like you know she was in it i didn't want to tell her i was like i'm scared this is a cult so I didn't because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. But then later she was like, yeah, I left. Felt kind of culty. And I was like, I kind of thought it was a little culty too. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I think it's really easy for things. What, unfortunately, and this is like one of my biggest kind of like things that I want to be able to like not do. I think unfortunately, like when spirituality, God, like any kind of ritual or like magic type of stuff is involved it's really easy to like take advantage of people's fears right. and maybe that person doesn't have the intention like i'm starting this cult but their mindset is like influencing everyone in the group to like 
behave a certain way and then that can basically create that environment yeah and i think it was also a situation where like the person who started this class they started out really small just them and their business was growing to a place where this was the first time they were bringing in outside help like assistant teachers and people who had done the program and stuff and like there are die hard fans of this program yeah um and they have like a facebook group and everything and so it i think part of it was also like learning that information like from another step down the pipeline uh, i don't think this is like across the board what happens but i think that is an area where like some sketchy shit gets illuminated when like it's not first person knowledge being shared it's like a teacher of the knowledge being shared i don't know i think one thing that i struggle with because of all this stuff the the main like supportive connection i feel in my spiritual practice now is stuff that i don't make up myself but essentially like construct for myself like after this experience with this weird um tarot group i was like i don't want any spiritual leader in my life i'm my own leader and i don't want anyone's information i'll, I'll get it all myself but then i took a really amazing class that kind of uh, reaffirmed to me like oh there are good teachers out there i think a lot of people get burned like i had a client who like used to see the psychic years and years and years ago and stopped seeing anyone for years because they like were one of those people were like buy my candles you have a curse on you type of vibe and she got like sucked out of all this money and then like was so scared until like she took my class and like was able to see okay not everyone's like that but i think there are a lot of people whether they're aware of it or not like that create that environment of like i'm the leader like you're saying you don't want to be a leader you want to be someone that can help people i just want to be supportive yeah like be there the whole space yeah i want to be there to to, yeah to do it together it's not like a year better than that is like you know i put so much thought into what is it about this care that i care about you know and thinking about it thinking about it i really enjoy i enjoy feeling useful obviously we all do but just helping someone you know find joy and dignity and peace and i think dignity is such a weird word because people are like oh and i can't whip my butt anymore i won't have dignity that's so stupid like do you think babies are undignified they're undignified for other stuff (laughs) but i mean there's plenty of people out there who can't whip their ass who are not fucking old so no not old doesn't mean they're not dignified it's kind of like an ableist perception of what is dignity and i think dignity is so much less about like what you can and can't do and being confident in love and support like i want to provide that love and support so people can feel confident that they are still themselves because i just it's enriching to me and also death i find you know i'm an extremely anxious person so for a very long time i was so scared to die and then opening my heart up when my bubby died my bubby was is my best friend like and as soon as she died i just i immediately like one of the things that happened immediately was i recognized so succinctly what is in me that is her 
Like it's almost like I was color coded. I could like see like well, those like weird diagrams of a body mm. when they're like, oh, this is where the blood goes. Yes. It's like I could see in my soul like, oh, that's Bubby. That's Bubby. That's Bubby. And so in a time when I expected to feel very alone and like lost without her, actually the opposite happened. I could like feel her inside my body, Aww. which was I feel like that the immediate period after her death every bit of like information tool openness anything I had acquired in my life that could like help me be present and open for this experience like showed up and it's definitely gotten harder now I mean grief is a winding road and it never ends so there are days where like I can't figure it out I can't sense that closeness to her and me and then I feel sad but I know how to access it it's just harder sometimes than other times. But having that experience with death kind of like almost shown like a light, like a flashlight at a possibility of a path, which is being a death worker. And then I kind of like sucked myself in with research. And I do that a lot. I love the idea of something so much. And I just research it, research it, research it. Never do anything about it. Because I just love like yum, yum, yum information. But... But I think something like that where it's like almost connected, you know, through God or whatever, like you want to call that, it like shows up when it's ready. So I feel like, okay, you can get all this information, but like Mm -hmm. you might not be ready to like take on that role, but like like pieces of of it are like coming through. Yeah. And I'm kind of, um, there's a bit of a roadblock in my way, not a total roadblock that's kind of keeping me in the information zone which is I'd like to get some bedside experience in hospice. In order to do that, I need to become a volunteer. But because of COVID, people aren't having hospice volunteers in their home. Mm. So the wait list for volunteers is like a year and a half to two years out. And Did I, you at least put your name yeah, on Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's what I did. You know what? Yeah. I went. I put my name on all the wait lists. I signed up for trainings. Um, and it's one of these things where it's like, you know, the death doula thing or the what the death work, because I'm still a little tripping on the word doula. The word, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, death work, whatever I end up doing. Um, I just, it's a long goal. Like, and it's not something that I want to be like, um, like a, the, the, the monopoly of death work. Nothing like that. There's like, well, it's not like you need to be like an overnight, like mm-hmm. you're doing that. Like yeah. it's like overnight something where sensation. you can, <laughs> yeah, all the people dying are dying to see you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's something that's going to take a while for you to yeah. like see how that will come through. Because maybe it will come through as working in hospice or doing like that more physical thing. But maybe right. it might not be. It might be something completely different. Yeah. So... Who knows? I mean, if we want to get really real about it, it's like I see, I think about you a lot when I think about like, do I want to be a death worker? Because when I met you, you were doing like beauty school, you were going to do makeup or something like that. We were, we were vending together all the time. We were like going to be like income artists. Like we were going to make, we were making income off our art. Although we don't, we still do, but it's totally different. Um, And like you have put in so much work and you're 
to me, you seem very confident in your ability to access the ephemeral. Thank you. And like your voice behind that. And sometimes I'm like, oh shit, I can't do that. Like I'm not that serious. And then other times <laughs> But you think of then, but, but you know that I'm not serious. I know. Like, and then I remember like there's parts of this you person that, are that you're putting on a pedestal is Grace. <laughs> like your best friend who is a total freaking wackadoo just like you. If Grace, the biggest weirdo you know, can do it, then you, the other biggest weirdo you know, can do it. <laughs> don't cry i, I just you. i love you and it's it can be <laughs> but you can do it and it's yeah. like what how you want to do it like for me like i didn't think i was gonna be fucking like talking to aliens and like <laughs> being like let me tell you about like your past lives like in egypt or some shit like i did not think that was gonna be what i was gonna be doing with my life yeah i was like oh i'm gonna be a fashion designer and then i was like <laughs> oh i'm gonna be a makeup artist and then I ended up liking the skincare stuff way more than makeup even. I like yeah. don't even like doing makeup. I like doing makeup for myself. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I ended up not even liking that. Spent fucking a bunch of money for no reason. But oh well. I, I met cool people. Mm-hmm. And it led me where I am now. Um, but like I think so much of it is like spirit led. Like they're like you're doing this. And I'm like oh me. Yeah. Which it's taken so much to release all that fear. It's a lot of fear. And like, I feel like, I mean, how many times have I brought up my anxiety already? Fear is something that I struggle with on a lot of levels. I think like fear and trust are like my big battle. Same. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. I think it's like a learning curve, you know, like especially things where it's like almost like parts of you are told that you can't access yeah God in a certain you only have to do it this way or if you're doing it that way that's weird or yeah i was crazy i was raised like you read the prayers and you do the stuff i mean what's weird about my religious upbringing like i said before it was not spiritual it was all learning how to be in a mini little government like because i was on my i was my chapter president and my chapter communications chair so it's just like you know student body but for religion so you're learning that you're going to weekends it was social it was it's very much like a culture yeah it was you mm -hmm. date other jewish people and yeah yeah you have a family and then and you support you israel and all that stuff i mean spend I money very spicy topic <laughs> we can we have no pretty much we just don't talk about i don't know if you can hear what i saying. can't but... uh, well, we can talk about israel <laughs> no it's fine i i would rather not i'm i've lost not, so many brain cells we don't need life. to go into a whole political conversation right. but it, it it can be somewhat politicized it was a very yeah. politicized environment <laughs> up until the point like um, I was in this youth group when I graduated high school. I. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I just showed us what we can't talk about, but it's not because I don't want to. It's just because of censorship. Yeah, that is that is fucked up. I know. OK, we can talk um, about it after the podcast. <laughs> um, I, I'm in this youth group, all of middle school, high school. Every summer I'm at sleepaway camp. Which is a different brand, but the same flavor of Judaism. And then I go and I live in Israel for nine months. I do a gap year. 
and I just am doing everything that my sisters, my sister did before me. I'm the youngest of five kids. I, I, I was obsessed with making my mom happy. And I knew this made her so happy. I didn't, I didn't think like I'm doing this because it makes my mom happy. I thought good things are the things that make my mom happy. I want to do good things. Um, and when I lived in Israel, one, I was like, I don't feel this like, this like homeland, homeland experience. I'm having fun. I'm partying. I'm drinking. Getting uh, wasted. Yeah, making out with I'm making people. Out, I'm being a total slut on the streets of <laughs> Jerusalem and living for it. Um, except Jerusalem. Uh, just a little fun fact is everything in the city is made out of this like slippery stone. This like soapstone. Everyone, every building looks the same. The, the sidewalk and the buildings are made out of the same material. So you're like foggy drunk walking home from the bar if it's raining, just kiss it goodbye. You are slamming on. It's hard, hard <laughs> just stone. Roll, roll home. Just slipping and sliding. One time when my sister lived there, it even got a little snowy, and so it was like ice on the stone. Whatever. It's just like not a good combo and not a great idea, and I, it has a really good marketing image, but in actuality, not very practical. But yeah, when I was there, I was like, I just don't feel anything. No, you know, I stopped going to religious services. I would get in trouble occasionally, but I was like, what are you going to do to me? Um, And I just fucked around and I had a great time, but it wasn't spiritual. When I was in high school, they took us on like a Holocaust trip and that was really sad. And I wrote some really cringy poems, (laughs) (laughs) but I, I mean, I think that was a little spiritual just because like, but I don't know if it was spiritual in a good way. It was not supported. There was no like, you're going to be faced with the trauma of your ancestors in real time. Like you're going to smell like burning piles of hair and see baby shoes of, you know, dead babies and stuff. And then they are like, okay, do your evening prayers and go to bed. Like here's dinner. Yeah. And whatever energy you have, channel it into, I don't know, being horny for one another. I cannot stress enough how horny all these teens were on these trips. It's like you're learning <laughs> about, about like the death of our people and then let's fuck. And like in my fucked up teen brain, I have a very vivid memory, which is we oh, go God. to the <laughs> we go to one of these um like oh this is bad. We go to a Well tell tell the people. We go to a mass grave with a big hole. With trees around it. It's fucking sad. This was in... in No, this was in Prague. Oh. I'm in Eastern Europe for this, like... The trip was you spend six weeks in Eastern Europe, four in, like, a couple of countries, two in Poland, and then you spend a few weeks in Israel. Mm. So it's like you're experiencing the liberation of our people, which has now been commodified to fucking support a war machine. But that is for another podcast. (laughs) um but so 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 we're you know this is probably like the second or the third like sad place we've been to on this trip just met each other all the teens from all over the states did a few icebreaker games when we met in the oh so this is like not even people from your youth group so we're we're all in the same youth group but it's an international youth group. oh okay so there's chapters from 
all over the United States. We you, like, meet in New York. What? What? Would you like the, the youth name group? Drop them. Name drop the youth group yeah. or name drop the people? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I I feel weird about it. Like the programming is still kind of like you're gonna get in trouble. But it was USY United <laughs> Synagogue Youth. Um, and yeah, so we go to New York. Everybody learns some icebreaker games, and we get to know each other. What boys are cute? In my opinion, all of them, because I would just anything. I had some bad body image issues <laughs> but also i was like one of the things about my experience in youth group is like my queerness was um packaged as this is just practice for like being around the boys and everyone is super intimate so i didn't really have to acknowledge my queerness when i was like making out with other girls and stuff it's just like we're just practicing but because yeah, it's all about like finding someone so you can get married and shit. yeah i mean it's not you're not told that but it's um implied it's implied like you need to learn but so the one thing that i think what might be interesting to people well there's probably a lot of things but one thing that i'd like to just ask about is i know like in christian like religion like there is so much of like you cannot have sex before marriage was that a thing so the rules are that of course you're not supposed to have sex and you signed a you signed a contract. But it wasn't like because you guys don't do the whole hell like yeah. There's no hell. So it's a lot different. The only <laughs> trouble you're gonna get in is like trouble from your parents, trouble from the rabbi, trouble from the program director, like the community. Yeah. yeah, you could get kicked off. I mean, but it's not no like one, God is gonna no be mad one, at you. No, no, because you're with other <laughs> Jews. With Christianity, it's like God hates you. Like you. No, us. Judaism. I'm not the Judaism I was fed. So yeah, that of is, of course, we know like there's so many yeah, different there's so parts. much. Judaism has a lot of sex positivity to it, a lot of like real juicy stuff. That's like, yeah, fuck, you gotta like. It is imperative that that the um the Torah states that it's imperative in the marriage that the woman be satisfied in sex as well. So like, th- that is like, I mean, the bar for sex positivity in religion is like the center of the earth it's so low but you know there's a little bit there's something um and there's so much like beautiful eroticism in judaism that obviously was edited out by the time it got to me yeah but i will say that you're met with sex neutrality still homophobia a great deal of it when i was in there i mean i think I I can't speak for what it's like in those arenas now for like queer kids or gay kids, but I remember obviously no one wants to be out, but there were a few gay kids and they weren't like bullied, but they were certainly tormented, if that makes sense. Like Like emotionally. Emotionally. And like their identity is essentially made into a caricature. Like you're the gay kid. Um, Let's talk about diversity is this like mostly white people yes yes i would say (laughs) 90 percent of the people i saw were white um my shul did something like very mission like and we had like a uh like you go to other parts of the world the, the way they would talk about it it feels a little yucky but like we would talk about like our ugandan sister tribe 
Well, it's not, I'm not, like when you're saying this, we we all know like this is yeah. not your beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> so don't but when, like, don't feel bad. To be for honest, I don't being open know entirely that much about what is the truth of that situation. That's another thing I grapple with is what is the true truth? What is like the narrative they told me? What is the narrative I made up to fill in the blanks? I mean, whatever. I mean, even just beyond like the community and culture, like the book itself. You know, we know yeah. all those things are edited. Like, oh yeah you know god's wife you know i feel like i always yeah. ask about that kind i mean of do you shit. remember when we did spirit school and i was like you guys know about jewish angels and now that's all over tiktok the biblical angel which is like an eyeball demon yeah like it's very interesting to me to see like what is similar and what is like so vastly different yeah but it's also like there is all that information that like was word of mouth like that's the whole point of like and just just like plainly edited out yeah they're like we don't talk about that anymore (laughs) yeah and i mean this country western culture is plagued by christian hegemony which is basically like christianity is the coding of everything we experience oh yeah even our calendar even our calendar including the judaism that i experienced growing up i would say that my Judaism is the Judaism that could be co-signed by Christianity. Because it's American. Because it's American. <laughs> and it's very white. Yeah. And it's very, you know, we ask for a few extra special holidays, but not that much. We don't ask for that much. Because yeah, there's a lot of holidays. Yeah. Yeah. There's Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Tu B'Shvat, Tisha B'Av. Um, those are the four I can remember, and there's about fourteen hundred more. Not really. That's like an exaggeration. There's probably about like, if I'm guessing, twenty Jewish holidays in a calendar year, which is a lot. It's a lot. Almost two a month. That's a lot. Yeah, but I think that's kind of like, I don't know. At least in my perspective, like for someone who is not Jewish, I feel like it is kind of harkens back to some of those older religions where it's like you know celebrating nature celebrating all these seasons and things that like it would make sense that there's all these holidays well this gets back to what i was like kind of saying earlier with like so that judaism that i just talked about all the shit i went through no spirituality no like can you feel yourself connected to the earth and the earth is god and like there was nature electives in like my sleepaway camp but i never fucking chose that i wanted to be in the play <laughs> <laughs> um but like when tu bishvat came around which is basically like the holiday of the trees yeah we went to shul and when i was in religious school i would you know color in a picture of trees and i would you know learn the songs and stuff but it, there was never a moment when someone was like sit with this tree connect with it what do you think it's been through like we didn't learn about plant medicine in in you know my upbringing and there's so much amazing jewish plant medicine practice yeah and like and like like we did it like at the end of shabbat is a thing called havdalah wait so just so for people listening what is shul shul is synagogue is temple okay Shabbat is the holiday we celebrate on Friday night to Saturday. It's our Sabbath. And then Havdalah is the closing out of that Sabbath. 
which is basically you say so it's like the end the end and when i was in like camp and stuff when we really stuck to the rules of no like electronics on shabbat which is like another thing it's like you're carving especially nowadays when like fucking computers and phones are everything you're carving out time in the week to put that away that is beautiful and we're gonna spend that whole time reading the same prayers over and over and over again (laughs) not thinking about anything yeah i think like the good part of that could be yeah taking that time to like meditate take like think like do things Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't normally do or even just spending that time with the family yeah and there is space for meditation built in but nobody at any point explained to me what meditation can be and how to do it like in the prayer service there's um a, a silent prayer that you do that takes about anywhere between four and seven minutes depending on the kind of service you're in four minutes of quiet time everybody's together in a room you can read the prayer or you're encouraged to you know talk to god on a personal note and i would close my eyes and i do the kid thing like i wish i got good grades and i wish this you know person (laughs) would know that i have a crush on them but not be weirded out and i want to be skinny and i want my skin to look good like that kind of stuff i need new shoes yeah or like oh i hope my mom doesn't find out that i smoked weed last week like wishes (laughs) i would say wishes wishes are so close to affirmations and it's like cool but like a different link you gotta take out a few words and you're right and you're right there yeah and it's like if if an if a leader of any kind an adult were to come to me like hey you got these like four minutes like why don't you think about what you want why don't you like dissect your desires or even like in a more kid-friendly way like why don't you breathe and listen to your breath and like now there's like you know like shabbat yoga and stuff like that all these like hokey kind of things where they like just mash stuff together but when i was growing up there was no like no one ever pushed me to to like investigate my own mind because that's dangerous yeah Um, you'll know too much (laughs) um and so there's all of this room for there to be something like special magical juicy and i believe that it was there and i could have accessed it if somebody like made it a little more clear to me i mean i have this like litany of jewish ancestors and with my bubby dying and going through her things like finding all of these like relics and totems and things like I'm showing Grace this thing that Bubby made. This oh, is beautiful. like um, oh, I love this. This is a we'll put it. We amulet. can put a picture yeah. on the. It's a it's an, an cross stitch amulet that my Bubby made. And can you explain all these symbols? Yeah. Like we have so we have many symbols on. We here. have two pomegranates at the top. Pomegranates are big in Judaism. I love pomegranates, and Bubby's cross stitch group was called pomegranate. And she was a president and she was fucking hardcore. She's a big deal cro- um, embroiderer, I'm learning. Because I tried to pick up some of her projects and I was like, oh my god, this is so hard. She was so such a big deal. Um, so we've got the those and we've got an oil lamp on top. Right under the oil lamp is like a hamsa, which is a palm symbol. And in the hamsa is an eye, which I'm assuming represents the evil eye, which is a big Jewish symbol about like it's so weird oh my god i'm going on a million tangents i'm just gonna finish this and then we'll go back to the eye then it says shaddai 
which I'm sorry to my rabbi if you're listening. I know you're not, but I forgot what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the thing that's written on like tefillin, which is like the box and the leather that you see wrapped around people's arms sometimes when they're praying. I've been seeing those guys on TikTok. I have too. And it's weird. I'm like, like what are you doing on TikTok? I don't want to see freaking Jewish thirst traps. Well, yeah. Hello, people in the comments are like, is this BDSM? I'm like, this is religious. <laughs> this is Judaism. Oh my God. So we used to. Have- I didn't know what that was until I, I, I had a sh- I've never seen those before. There was a shirt when I was in youth group that, because we would make our own like shirts and sell them at our events, like jokes to each other, like this is our chapter shirt. And someone did a shirt that said, I like boys wrapped in tight leather. And it was somebody doing their tefillin. I was like, ah, ha, so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> um, and anyway, so then flanked on either side of the of the Hamsa are Shabbat candles. At the bottom is a Star of David, and then just like really beautiful decorative work. She did a great job. But I learned in this class I just took that historically Jews were known in the world to be masterful amulet makers. I mean, there's something that I learned in this class that I took that kind of like really pushed me to like invite judaism back into my life in a way that feels fulfilling it was uh dory midnight class who's a really great witch cool person yeah and they make like um tinctures they make medicine if you've ever read pleasure activism um we can put stuff in the show yeah i'll put their instagram yeah they didn't write pleasure activism adrian marie brown wrote that but they made a tincture that goes along with the book oh cool it's really cool um so there's like I learned that a lot of like Jewish magic is kind of like hiding in plain sight. It's even written that way. I mean, it's weird like puzzle language that it's hard to understand, but like the evil eye is an eye symbol meant to deflect jealousy, which can in a sense be poisonous to the person receiving it. But the thing about the evil eye is it looks like the actual evil eye and it reflects it because the evil eye is obsessed with its own image. So you're wearing a symbol of the thing you're trying to reflect. And that I always thought was trippy. Um, Mezuzot, which are the little boxes that hang on the doorways of Jewish homes. That's an amulet. At the Havdalah service, everybody passes around um, like good smelling herbs, usually cloves. Um, called besamim, and like sometimes it's just like an orange with cloves stuck in it. That's plant medicine. That's like a spell too. Yeah, we do that witchcraft. Yeah, and it's <laughs> just like all of this shit hiding in plain sight, recontextualized in a way that instead of it, you do this because everybody's always always done this. This is what you do to get favor in the eyes of God. This is how you are a good Jew. Like everything used to be that, and now when I experience, it's like. This brings me nourishment. This smell, like, brings me into my lungs. Like, this, like, I find clove to feel very strong, protective. And I have, like, a clove body oil. It's very good for also, like, um, your microbiome. Mm -hmm. I love clove. Yeah. I put way too much clove in some canned pears that I made. And, like, when you eat them, like, your tongue goes numb. I fucked it up a little bit. I made it a little too strong. I yeah. used to smoke those cloves. Thick. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's great ones. for you. Super good for you. Um, But, yeah. It's, so, it's everywhere. And I can't go back in time and say, like, oh, if someone would have presented this to me in a little more, like, whatever, witchy way, 
I would have been more into it. I would have been. Who knows if you even would have? You were like, yeah, doing your own thing. You but know, what I was doing, yeah, open to that at the time, maybe. All I wanted to do at that time was be accepted, yeah. and so I was told to be accepted. You have to be a good Jew. To be a good Jew in my eyes meant like kind of being. I mean, I also afforded me a lot of popularity that I don't think I would have gotten in public school. <laughs> I mean it like. In this youth group, I was pretty popular. And, you know, a fat high school girl is not typically a very popular kid. But I was charming and funny, outgoing. I was obsessed with um, my youth director. And so I was like one of the adults, I felt. And I brought that confidence with me. And, yeah, so I thought like, oh, I just have to keep my social status up. I have to, I want to, you know, be liked and like in my mind to have a boy into you, that means being liked. Like that is a mark of success. So I remember when I got my first like camp boyfriend who like was the guy that I would hook up with consistently at camp, I felt accomplished. And never once did I feel like I made a real like connection in my soul to my ancestors. I feel accomplished. Like that didn't happen no one gave that as an example even the rabbis that would come it wasn't like i would never look at a rabbi and be like oh wow like so prestigious like they they're they're so connected the goal was never in youth group the goal was never to get god's approval it was to get my community's approval and my community said just do this this and this get married have babies support israel put your kids in the program Bing, bang, boom. Keep giving us money. Yeah. <laughs> but then on the flip side, you've got my bubby who is doing shit like this, making this amulet. That is a connection to her spirituality. I mean, she. And even your mom. Too, yeah. She they're such. Make crafts and yeah, artwork. My family is such craftspeople. And nothing gets my mom going like religious crafts. Oh, my God. And they're cool. Like there was a lot of making and creating in my life and it was a cool experience i mean i still use the menorah that i made in preschool with like blocks and nuts and bolts um so it is really helpful to have those things because now i find myself at a point in time where i'm building new rituals for myself you know connecting to the moon that was like something that kind of came through this week is like I'm really bad with time. So like the act of actually being on time for full moons and stuff is hard for me. But I have this deep desire to be connected to the moon. And I just realized that desire alone is enough. Yeah, you don't have to like literally like go outside and be naked. And, like, no, you don't. Do a bunch of thousand things like it's already there. The energy. Yeah, the moon there. is there. And just like the act of like thinking about the moon in the shower in a totally abstract way is enough and i've got a little moon calendar and i'm usually really down on myself for being like fuck i miss the full moon fuck i miss a new moon like i want to be using my skills and tools and magic and medicine and i miss the due date and it just recently came to me like there is no due date (laughs) it's hard like i mean even like with new years and everything it's Mm -hmm. like oh like i'm gonna start again like do all these new things like it doesn't really matter. Time doesn't. Yeah. Matter. I think I 
am stripping away at the thing that's like if the desire doesn't lead to anything like a fucking waste and that's just not true desire in itself is a whole magical thing on its own and sometimes like just the idea or the thought like that's the information like you don't always have to like complete a task for it to be a meaningful like yeah yeah or it can also spark like new ideas Mm -hmm. that like maybe you'll like embrace later yeah i i really experience a lot of put it down and pick it up later in my life which is it works it works for me it's great like maybe i read half that book and like then like two years later i read the book i'm like oh that was actually a good book yeah like or if I would have read the rest of that book two years ago, it wouldn't have would, impacted me as it, much. Yeah. yeah. Or like I wouldn't have yeah. finished it. But so it's weird because I want to say, like, I'm I'm kind of doubting myself now. Like I say there was no spirituality in my life. It was just unlabeled and unprioritized, but it was there. I think it's like a like to see religion, we automatically like, associate that with the spiritual spiritual aspect of your life but like it seems like that was just way more of like the culture and yeah like what is really spiritual is like those traditions that like are older than just like what they're teaching now and it's like community it's a lot of it is community and it's this weird topsy-turvy logic in my head that's like it's just me and spirit it's just me and god and whatever i do to feel that connection is enough because nobody's watching nobody's looking nobody's signing off that i'm doing it right i go out of my way work as much as i can to make sure my practices aren't harmful and i i try to not be appropriative i think as white people it's really easy to do that without noticing um and albeit i've definitely like done that before but like it's a if you look out for it you catch it you do your like best learning, you yeah know? it's learning sometimes we don't realize what we're doing. yeah and i think too like what you were saying earlier like like with the shabbat yoga like when it becomes like a mishmash of, mm-hmm. of like cultures it can be easy to um like take out that important like cultural relevance which makes it like even impactful yeah yoga is place. its own like thing <laughs> closed off like not closed off but like enclosed thing like it's whole yeah it's it doesn't, doesn't need, need sh- if you want to unless you're bringing goats in i might come <laughs> right <laughs> but come. but like if you want to do yoga on shabbat if that one if you want to do yoga every day because it connects you to your body or whatever reason go for it if you want to put yoga as part of your shabbat practice because it's like the quiet in your week hell yeah but like oh what are we going to do with these kids that's like fun and different or these adults that's fun and different on like our our summer Shabbat retreat? Ooh, we'll have like a fun yoga class where somebody who just took a yoga class will lead it. Like it's disrespectful. Yeah, they need a treat as someone's trained. It's disrespectful, people. There's a I grew up with a lot of that. Like somebody knows a little bit. I fucking did that. Definitely as a camp counselor, I like led yoga for my campers. I did not know how to lead yoga. I took two yoga classes but somebody was like oh this person knows some yoga moves go for it and i think like it could just be reframed so easily where someone's like stretch class like we don't yeah. have to call it yoga if it's not actually yoga. yeah absolutely that's a conversation. <laughs> um 
Yeah. So, so now I'm here. I'm like trying to build new practices that are like rooted in old traditions, but like are new to me. And I want to be able to go back in time in my mind and look at those experiences I had at a kid as a kid and, you know, try to like move the trauma out of the way a little bit to like see if I had that connection because now you know I look back on that time and it's really hard to see past the harm and like the fun exciting times like those quiet spiritual moments those don't stick out amongst either the make out parties or the rabbis shaming me you know yeah I think it's really I think it will be really valuable like as you are building your own practice to be able to see okay this is this reminds me of something and Mm -hmm. to 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 see how that takes you back to certain things that maybe you did as a kid Mm -hmm. that you totally forgot about yeah and that doesn't even have to do with Judaism at all. It could just be like, what well, is the weird shit that you did as a kid, as a kid right. like that what's... helped you feel like I'm connected in some way? Like movement, dance, like screaming, yeah. whatever it is. What is my own personal flavor yeah. of just being a, a human body holding a spirit inside? So we are getting close to the end. We went, we... I've been talking. I could do this. Well, we could do this for hours. Five times and <laughs> well, still not be if done. If you guys like this episode, let us know and Ash can definitely come back on. I I want to kind of round out our conversation so I have a few more questions and then we'll, we'll Yeah, I feel like I left a lot of half-told stories in there and I apologize. But I, I don't think so. If you have any follow-up questions, come to my Instagram and I'll finish. Yeah, I will link Ash's Instagram and you should definitely all check out their art. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your art to kind of like round it out. Um, So how would you, I mean, I think I would say you're a multimedia artist. Like you do some stuff that is sculpture. I'll do anything. And then also painting. So Mm -hmm. maybe just share a little bit about what you're currently interested in making. Well, I kind of call it all drawing because that's what it feels like to me. Um, but it's many different things. It's it's mixed media and sculpture. I do a lot of sculpture, sculptural painting, all kinds of stuff. But a lot of it is about having a body, just like being in the body and a body that like is prickly and grows hair and has mucus and is floppy. I love a floppy moment in my art. I do you feel like a lot of it is like self-exploration of like it's very this is me or yeah. is it more like like would you describe it as self yeah portrait? It's very diaristic. So it's very based off my personal experiences or the images in my head um but it's also very don't know what this is gonna be like when i'm done Mm -hmm. um there are some pieces that are very clear from conception to the end product um there are some pieces that 
like I said, like I put it down like six months ago and I am working on something else. I'm like, oh, I know the perfect thing that will go in this. And I just grab it. And I've been known to like rip up old pieces and put half in one thing and half in another thing. Um, Right now, I mean, I just moved to this new place that, that kind of requires a lot of management. So a lot of my physical energy goes into that. So it's hard to make a lot of like big work because that's what I really like to do is big sculptures, big paintings, big drawings. Um, but I'm, you know, doing sketching. I'm really into writing notes just to myself, like drawings to myself. I can't stress it enough. Like if you're talking to me about art, I just want to talk about the practice of drawing and drawing. I call it a draw and draw where I pull a card. And I draw a whole thing off of that in my sketchbook. It's just, it's amazing. And I think that's a really great. So when Ash says that they mean like what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, pulling an Oracle card and then drawing like a sketchbook image based on that. And it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be like, I'm drawing like a reproduction of that. No, it's no, like no. your feelings, like what comes up right. through you when you pull the card, like putting thought like putting instead of putting words to that like journaling you're putting images which yeah i've approached it way. from both ends so i've approached it from the end of i really want to draw my sketchbook but i don't know what to do let me draw a card or i need to fucking think something out i'm like clouded with thought or i need to i'm i'm craving a message from the ephemeral or the cards or whatever let me do that it succinctly like helps me parse out what the message of the card can be and it just gives me like creative fodder it's it's like how can i fill my well up with stuff to pull from later and because my well comes from my experiences my life and because my spirituality is this like kind of open net right now which feels very vulnerable but i you know sometimes you got to open it up and be like what's coming through um it's a really i find very great way to be like to just create a library of images that mean something to me that are connected to feelings and then later when i'm making work i'm like i want to make a piece that is talking about healing myself with goops and goos from the pharmacy and I'll do that and it'll because it, I'm not I'm not out here making work that's like um, very how well, do I you're not doing um, surrealism where it's like no these, deep, these kind of secret cult meanings. No, it's like I'm like a, this is I'm a what's going on. I'm a regular regular <laughs> anxious trash person who who try as I might when the cards fall I crave a little capitalism to try and fill the void when it never works. But I still go and go and go again. And a lot of the time that looks like I just had a really hard therapy session. I'm going to go walk the aisles of Target, get a candy, get a new face wash and um, try to figure out like, you know, why I can't forgive my mom. It's like all tied together. And, you know, maybe two days before I pulled a card that was about like reflections and mirrors and i thought all about how like when my mom looks in the mirror like what does she see does she see the person that hurt me no she sees her whole life and her whole experience 
And I want to give her kindness for that because it's been a hard road for her. And then in turn, I end up giving kindness to myself and I realize, oh, it's not the goo that's going to fucking moisturize my anxiety away. It's the acceptance that despite all the days of fear that I've gone through, I am still alive. I'm here. I have good times. And despite all the pain between me and my mom, I still love her and I want a connection with her. I think, too, the goo actually can be very healing. Because <laughs> it's like, okay, of course, like, you know, obviously I care about skin and like skin daddy and stuff. But like just from like a metaphor perspective, like being able to place something on your body like reminds you, okay, I have a body like you're saying, like, I'm here, I'm present, I'm in my body, like, even if it's fat and prickly or whatever. Like, fuck, yeah, it's fat and prickly. Yeah, it's reminding you like that touch reminds you that you're like existing, which I think when we're in depression sometimes that can lead to disassociation and then we're like just floating around like i don't have i have no body yeah so when you have to come back inside Mm -hmm. i want you to share before we close out one more story yeah so um if you could so you told me this after bubby first passed away you had a dream where she came through the text messages yeah can you tell that story so this was, yeah, I can. This, um, and I still get them, not as frequent, you know. Unfortunately, sometimes my sadness, I think, clouds me from my anxiety. It's the weed. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Could be the weed. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. But they do say weed affects your dreams. I've yeah. never had that issue, though. Yeah, and I definitely was smoking less weed when I was at my mom's house for Shiva. So there's that. But this was actually after that. Basically, I was having a nap. A daytime nap the first time it happened a couple months after bubby died and i got i can't even i couldn't read the text message but it was like the old gray box from like the iphone for like the younger iphone the old ones that we had like in middle school and in, in high school you know like the the third or the fourth generation the, the big square one yeah big square ones it had like the gray box with the rounded edges i know and it about. said the in the name and on the top and it just was like from bubby heart like i just saw the word bubby and heart and so it, this was a dream we, we want to give them more comments. yes this was a so dream ash was it, having it a was dream right before i woke up like the image that was last in my closed-eyed mind was this text box that was clearly from Bubby. It had a heart, but I it's, it felt like I got a text and it went away before I could read it. And then some time passed and I got another one that felt the same way. It felt like it went away before I could read it. And so I will ask, I will say, Bubby wants to send me like a dream text. I want to read it. And I've, you know, it hasn't happened that many times. And it might happen, like, mm-hmm. and you don't remember. And I don't know, remember. I do really know easy. that she does come to me in my dreams. That is somewhere where I see her. I also started seeing my dad a lot more in my dreams. My dad died when I was 12. And I immediately was disconnected from that experience at the time. I just, like, shut off. Now that I've experienced this grief with Bubby, and I'm just, like, opening my heart to that, this connection to my dad has also, like, come through, too, which I'm very grateful for. And, like, same thing with him. Like, I get these visitations from them. That is 
you know, I don't always know what they mean. I never know what they mean, if they mean anything. Well, I, I think mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a meaning. It's like, we're here and we love you. Like I, It just like, feels comforting. Hello, it's so exciting. I'm here. Yeah, it's exciting. Like, I'm excited and I'm happy when it happens. The first few times it happened, I was sad after because I was like, oh, I wish I was, like, more present for that. But, like, how can you be fucking present in a dream, you know? Yeah. And of course, like, I think, too, like, the more you can develop this, like, I guess just, like, intuitive language, it's like they, um, 100,000% positive they show up around you all day long. It's just, like, how are they showing up? Like, Mm -hmm. are they showing up, like, in a song? Are they showing up in a memory that pops up or, like, a random thing? You're like, oh, that reminds me of Bubby. Like, that's how they're present like yeah and that either or mentality is totally challenged here because and i think that's why it can be such a struggle because you're like if i feel like they're still with me then why do i miss them so much if i feel like they're still with me then why am i so fucking sad that they're gone and i think that's like the human yeah 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 and it's it is tricky because it's like you just do i miss my bubby I think more than anything. And I miss my dad, even though, to be honest, I barely remember him. Yeah, you were so young. It's like what those little memories you mm-hmm. do have. It's like, you know, they're further back. Yeah. Like you were a kid. And I have this like deep, I, more with my dad. I think. Is it smell? Does it smell? Yeah. Like, is there a smell? I'm well, picking my, up on some kind of smell. Well, my dad has the smell. Yeah. My dad smells like cigarettes and this weird like perfume this cologne i'm getting a smell i feel like he comes through a smell yeah i just pay attention yeah i definitely will get like knocked off my ass by a smell and i'm like that's my dad yeah um that's cool but yeah i have this like they're just going smell (laughs) the smell (laughs) they're telling me that they're telling you that i farted (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully you don't hear that on the podcast (laughs) Um, a little asmr yeah um and it's 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 sad because I want to know succinctly, clearly. I want again. I want that affirmation, that check that the information is true. Because it's hard to trust myself that the information is true. But if I feel that love and that warmth and that connection, if I feel that presence, there is no there is no second body that can confirm that for me i have to trust it and believe it and what is what is to lose there is nothing to lose the only thing i have to lose is the strength of that connection which is entirely on me i think too like asking like for confirmation like Mm -hmm. and it does come through (laughs) i'm getting sorry and i'm getting like things coming through so i'm starting let's not do that right now um for you like through and for you so um like if the confirmation can come through you like body confirmation chills Mm -hmm. um like that loving feeling or like the feeling of like someone giving you a hug like you can physically feel that in your body. So asking for some kind of like yeah. confirmation might be helpful because then it's like, okay, I can feel like I can trust them more, but it can also come through. Like I said, in those little like 
weird synchronicities mm-hmm. of like, oh, like I'm going to like the coffee shop and then I see something that like that absolutely has to be like a message from her. Yeah. Like it can be very much in our face, but it's so easy if we're not paying attention for us to not see that or like, yeah, doubt it to be like, oh, I'm just like yeah who cares it doesn't matter what is made up what is real none of it none of it like we are literally floating around on some like rock but who even knows like we could all be like some guys we could fucking video game we could like i don't think that's true so (laughs) yeah so many times we could be anything i feel like i have to buy the supplies buy the material to be legit I have to own the physical thing to be legit. Why not fucking play pretend? Why not make believe? What else am I doing with my free time? You know? I mean, if you can do it like in D&D and have a good time, why can't you do why it with can't your spirituality? I? Like, Maybe I should just carry a D20 in my pocket with me and roll for spiritual confirmation. You can. I, pe- like 100% that is something. I don't know if people do it with D&D, but people dice, but people do that with um, it's a dice dice um readings. People will do readings with dice. Interesting. It's more of a hoodoo thing, like um, so I don't know a ton about it because that's not my practice, but I know they do that. They'll read dice. Yeah. And people will also read charms and stuff mm-hmm. like that too. So you could just use objects, but you could totally like create that idea within your mind of like not playing a game of like I'm detaching from reality, but using like that game mentality to like see um like how far you can move things in your life it's like if i can create a reality within this story or with an art piece like why can't i do that in my life just something to think about yeah throwing a lot of brain blasters at me tonight (laughs) well you'll have to listen back so you can remember what i said (laughs) Awesome. So is there anything else? We've been going a while. So is there anything else you want to share? Any other Um, final thoughts? My final thoughts are that everyone's religious experience um, is valid. And it takes its own route. And if you did not have the experience I had and were in the groups I was in, that's okay. If you had the experience I had and you were in different groups, you're not alone. And it's not this or that it's this and everything else so you can have religious trauma and still be spiritual if you want to yeah i think that's really powerful and it can be anything you want it to be and you don't need anyone's permission thank you i think that's good to hear yeah i think it's very valuable like i talk about this all the time but no one no one no one can dictate like your ability to communicate with God. Like, and I think religion often does that. So knowing that even if you are Jewish or Christian or Muslim or whatever, you can still have your own individual relationship. And it can change. It can change day to day. Yeah. Like that's, and I mean, I think that's what's so powerful about like the idea of just agnosticism. Like we don't know, Mm -hmm. like, there's room to change and i think when people hear that they might be like oh you're just atheist you don't believe in god but 
I think people don't need to know exactly how it works. Yeah. We it's, never will until we die, no. and then we'll be dead. That's that is interesting. <laughs> that is a thing in Judaism: blind faith. The whole story where you know people follow God before they know what's up. You why not have that blind faith with yourself? Like we are divine. We are God. God is in us. We are in everything. If we can have blind faith in God, why can't we believe in our own stimulus? Because we've been told not to. Yeah. <laughs> but we are we are learning. Because they can't sell you shit. Yeah, exactly. That way. They can't make money off you and they can't control you. So Yeah. But I think that's changing in the greater society. So let's fucking go. Yeah, I feel hopeful. I do. Some most I would say most days I do unless I spend too much time on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I feel hopeful, asterisks. And also deeply hopeless. But we are going to just keep going anyway. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the pod. I appreciate it. So yeah, it's 555 and we're ending this, you guys. Great changes are coming. Um, so yeah, you can check out Ash, Ash Hay, at Ash Hay Art on Instagram. Yeah. I'll tag their stuff in the show notes if you want to check out their art. Or if you have any thoughts or reflections, you can comment them on the instagram or reach out to ash directly if you want to continue this conversation and as we always say please rate review subscribe do all the things click every button please it helps us grow and i appreciate it very much so we will be back next week and thank you very much goodbye goodbye